Hi, and welcome to The Curve Weekly, the podcast that keeps you up to date with all the money, business, and stock market tea. Everyone should experience first class at least once in their lives, and Annie shouldn't miss out just because she can't afford it. Help me, I'm poor. This is surreal. I'm having a moment. So I'm sitting in a car. Um, I've turned Muhammad bless his heart's car into a studio. <laughs> I'm on like a surf and yoga retreat in Morocco, which by the way, has been very good for the soul. Anyway, so I was like looking around trying to find somewhere to record this podcast and I went through all the rooms. So I was like, hello, hello. You know, you do the test like to see if it sounds echoey, like you're in a toilet. And I was like, oh no, the rooms are a no-go. And I thought, shit, we might not be having a curve weekly this week. And then I saw the car parked in the driveway and I thought, perfect, perfect, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Honestly, in fact, I'm living my best life. We wake up, we go surfing, we eat food. I work during the day a little bit. We went for a hike today, did a bit of yoga this afternoon. And then, yeah, it's just, God, it's been the great. Please don't move to Morocco. No, I won't. I do. It's been, it's honestly maybe the poorest country I've been to ever, I think. Because like the place we're staying is beautiful. But then when you leave and you go down to surf, you take your boards down this like big rocky cliff to Mm. get down. And you walk past these places, which are obviously people's houses. And they're just like the most basic concrete rooms with Mm. kind of like a foam mattress and... Mm. To think that they then come and work here, I just like can't even imagine what they must. I don't know. It feels really weird. It puts things in perspective. Yeah, massively. I think it's always good to visit countries. I don't know. Personally, I love visiting countries that are so culturally different from my own or that are different in terms of developedness as well, because I think it is good. You do get a bit kind of bubbly in terms of your perspective surroundings and yeah exactly and so it's nice to go although it's funny I was talking to a friend that went to India recently and he was like you know where you try and do your best in terms of you saving the planet and not using plastic and using a keep cup and all that and then you go to countries like India where it's just everything is out the window or or like we saw this woman like was sort of riding this donkey and it had these big containers over each side that were filled with plastic and rubbish and she just like picked them up and threw them down the bank into the ocean Mm. and we were all just like gobsmacked like the other day when we were driving from the airport here someone just finished their water bottle and chucked it out the window yeah and you're like oh shit it's kind of it makes you so angry because you're like here I am doing all this good work yeah. and there's other people that aren't but it's kind of you I think you also have to put that in perspective that's probably not their focus we have the luxury of being able to consume in a way that's saving the planet whereas for a lot of people they're probably just trying to make a living or trying to make money to feed their family and if that means collecting bottles and throwing them into the ocean because that's what they get paid to do. I don't know. You know, like, I'm not saying that that is, but... No, it's perspective. It's a, yeah. And we've said this before, but I think this is like a... Um, was such a good example. It's like to a T, being able to live by... A, have the education to know how to live to look after the planet, but then B, on top of that, be able to do that is a privilege. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, there's this really hot Moroccan guy that's just, he's got like a tea cozy on his head and he's sort of just like laughing at me, looking at me outside the car. And I'm like, do you think this is giving me game? The fact that I sit in the car with a microphone or does he think I look like a loser? Probably if he's laughing, probably thinks you're a loser. I mean, great conversation started. <laughs> um, okay. So I thought considering this is our second to last Curve Weekly. Anyway, we we did our 2023 wrap and I thought, you know, why not a wrap about 
how the different stock markets around the world have gone. So if we start with the best one this year, and I'm not going to go through every country because that would take forever, but the main one, so the S&P 500, which is the US stock market, so that's up 18% this year so far. And if we looked out over a five-year period, it's up 82%. Now, the next best one, Australia, up 6% or 35% over five years. Then the UK stock market, which is up 3%, but only 13% over five years. And then little old New Zealand has done absolutely terribly this year. Oh, really? So it's down 0.3% or 33% over the last five years. And so if we look at that, we've got the US stock market up 18 and New Zealand up, sorry, New Zealand down 0.3. Like that's just wild, those two different performances in the stock market. And admittedly, we've had an election this year. So people have been a bit nervous in terms of investing. Businesses have been a bit nervous about making decisions in terms of growth. So I I get it. But it's just crazy, the differences. And this is why everyone we talk to on this podcast, everyone we talk to in our community is like, I want to invest in the US. I want to invest in brands I know, companies I know. And we always talk about a lot of the stuff we talk about is US companies. And it's because it is one of the best performing stock markets. So it kind of Kind of makes sense, but sorry, someone's coming into the car. Hi. What are you doing? You're spraying. You're. you're sp- oh my god! I Lacey spraying lovely smelling stuff. Don't worry about it. it smells fine. Oh, that's so kind of you. But this. It, wow, that does smell delicious. Thank you. Thanks, Mohammed. Bless his fucking heart. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Okay. I guess in summary, this is why we diversify because. There's stock markets all around the world that do differently each year, but it's quite crazy how well the S&P 500 has done. I mean, 82% of the last five years is wild versus 13 Yeah, in the UK. that's so good. Like, no wonder no one wants to invest in the UK stock market. Imagine getting 13% return on your investments over the last five years, like in total, not each year. That's like... Oh, God. Because you may as well just not even invest. But then getting an 82% return... In the, in the S&P 500, you'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah, and admittedly, this is what attracts new companies to list as well. If the stock market's doing really well, they're like, cool, I want to list on that stock exchange. I don't want to list on the one that hasn't. And so this is why we've seen a really poor number of IPOs list on the UK stock exchange and the New Zealand stock exchange. But speaking of IPOs, Sophie, so for those of you who don't know, IPO stands for Initial Public Offering. And it is when a company becomes public for the first time. So it's when a company goes from being a private company that only certain investors can invest into public and anyone can invest in it. And it's listed on the stock exchange. So there's a company, I want to see if you can guess this actually. There's a company in the UK. Mm. They have shops on pretty much every street corner. Mm. And the logo is a little blue circle. Oh, I pay, you know, I don't pay any attention to anything. A blue circle. Pret. That's that's a red star, but close. Okay. Um, so it's a blue circle, blue circle. They're huge, sometimes two, three stories. Eminis. Uh, close. Think of if you've, if you've got a cold or flu. A pharmacy. Boot. Boot. Yes. Yeah. Boots. Yay. She got that. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Go so. So Boots is part of a bigger company. So it's part of Walgreens, which is a US-listed pharmaceutical company. So 
it is part of a listed company already, but what they're talking about is spinning off or pulling apart and separating the Walgreens and the Boots and listing the Boots pharmacies on the London Stock Exchange. So Walgreens is currently listed on the NASDAQ, which is a stock exchange in the US, like the New York Stock Exchange, which is another one. And so what they're they're talking about now is separating it off and listing it on the London Stock Exchange. So they're quite exciting. It's quite cool because you've talked about the idea of spin-off companies before, I mm. think, in the Curve Weekly newsletter. It's just the idea that they think that maybe resources are better if they're their own separate companies and that whatever they spin off is probably going to do really well on its own mm. rather than being a part of a bigger company. So, And I honestly think, I mean, I know nothing about the parent company that own Boots, but I imagine Boots would do really well on its own. It's a pretty massive brand in the UK. Yeah, I mean, they've got 2,500 stores, which is quite wild. Um, So Walgreens actually bought Boots in 2014 and rolled out a whole lot of new stores. And now they're kind of selling it back to investors um, by putting it back on the the stock exchange. So it's expected to be about a £7 billion IPO, which is massive. And this is one of the very few IPOs that the UK Stock Exchange has had. So there's only been 10 companies that have IPO'd on the London Stock Exchange this year. And to put that in perspective, that's the lowest volume in over 10 years. So the lowest number of IPOs in 10 years. And if we compare that to the US, the US has had 150 IPOs this year on the US stock market. Oh, God, it's looking a bit dire over in the UK, isn't it? Yeah. Um, In other news, we had uh, an update from McDonald's this week, and they announced that they're gearing up for their, quote, unquote, fastest period of growth ever, which is might be kind of confusing considering I feel like, how can McDonald's grow more? It's, I feel like it's everywhere. Anyway, they are opening 10,000 new stores globally over the next three years. Wow, that's a lot. That means they're going to have 50,000 stores globally, which is wild. And I want to put this in perspective. So it took them 33 years from opening their first McDonald's store to hit 10,000 stores. And now they're going to open 10,000 stores in the next three years. Gosh, that's a lot. So it took them 33 and now that's going to take them three years, which is just crazy. So that's about 2,000 stores per year. And so this new plan or this new target means they'll be opening a McDonald's store every four hours and 20 minutes. It's like McDonald's is having babies every four hours. Yeah, 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 pretty much. And hey, they've got a new format as well. So they're opening a new small format store because this is the thing. They can open as many stores as they like, but like it's getting space, you know, for these big McDonald's stores or, you know, creating that point of difference for customers. And so they're opening a new format called Cosmic. So is it McDonald's Cosmic? It's called Cosmic, C-O-S-M-C. So Cosmic. Ah. And so it's all, it's kind of to rival Starbucks. It's all about specialty drinks. Yeah, it would be it'd be interesting to see how how that goes. And that's included in those plans to be at 50,000 stores by 2027. So they won't all be McDonald's. There'll be a few, there's only a handful of locations that'll be this new format, but could be quite interesting to see how that goes. Cosmic sounds tacky. I know. It like, kind of sounds like you're, re- you're scrambling for ideas. Yeah. I know, we can do a new format. Like, we'll be out of this world, yeah. Cosmic. 
Not into it. Not into it. Uh, and there was a recent report that came out on some of the hottest or fastest growing jobs in the US at the moment, which I thought was quite interesting. And you'll be stoked to know, it's mm. very niche actually, the fastest growing jobs. This means the people that, I guess the industries that need the most people that they can't keep up with demand effectively is what it's saying, is wind turbine service technicians. <laughs> So they've increased 50%. But this is good because it means that there's big projects and there's this big government push to use renewable energy and they just can't get enough people. And so, yeah, they're just trying to hire and hire and hire and hire. And so it's the fastest growing job. So if you are like, gosh, what should I do with my life? Yeah, maybe be a wind turbine technician. So niche. They're probably the reason that's so needed is that no one does that job yet. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but other ones are like nurses. Nurses was the next fastest growing. I think that's what so many of them have quit after COVID. Because totally, yeah. it's just, it's way too much to handle. Yeah. And then data scientists, which is kind of makes sense considering all this move to AI and everything. But it did really, it was literally 50 feet, apart from the wind turbine technicians, <laughs> the fastest growing positions uh, or jobs was literally 50-50 between healthcare and IT tech data. Like in terms of you've got physiotherapists, but then you've got software developers, you've got medical and health service managers, and then you've got IT security people. Like honestly, mm. it was literally 50-50. And it made me think, like, if you think about jobs, you should be like, and you see these kind of stats, you should be thinking of these, they're almost like leading indicators of industries that are going to do well or industries where people are seeing demand. Because if you ran your own business and you were seeing revenue grow and grow and grow, you're like, shit, we need to hire 10, 20, 50 people. That's a leading indicator in terms of from an investor point of view, if you're seeing stats like this, shit, wind turbine technicians, okay, there's obviously heaps of <laughs> projects <laughs> and heaps of companies that are demanding these types of employees. So therefore, they must be seeing a lot of growth. Otherwise, they don't just hire for the sake of hiring. They hire because they've got the growth that they need to fulfill. Does that make sense? It's, no, it's so clear. Yeah. And I would never have thought about it like that. Yeah, so it's looking at these. So when I looked at these jobs and it was like, wow, okay, wind turbine technicians, healthcare and IT data you know, technology, I was like, that kind of makes sense. We've got climate change happening and therefore this big push to renewable. We've got healthcare, we've got an aging population, people wanting to be healthy for longer, and we've got you know, AI, tech, you know, all of that developing. So it's kind of mm. reinforces the idea that those are the kind of areas that we should be investing in, or those are the kind of areas that are seeing growth. And I'm not saying that all of them will do really well, but if you were like looking at this, you'd be, personally, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to invest in an ETF that's exposed to you know, these fastest growing industries or these fastest growing job positions because there's obviously demand there. I mean, I don't know if there's a wind turbine ETF. I mean, it probably could be, but <laughs> there'd definitely be, there's definitely a ton of renewable energy ETFs. So yeah, I thought it was just an interesting way to look at when you see stats and headlines, hottest paying job in the US, you know, it's like... No, it's such a good tip. Yeah. It's such a good tip because I think that's how your brain works. Mm. You think economics, okay, let's zoom out and think about that from an investor standpoint, but most of us don't. Yeah. So pointing out that those as massive trends is super helpful. Also for anyone that's like, but what does that then mean? At, from like a fundamental, really basic level, the idea is that money will be made in areas that are growing mm. because 
there'll be more companies doing well, there's more demand for their services or their products. So by investing in those types of companies or sectors, you'll be hopefully reaping the rewards from investing just like the companies will be. Mm, Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because the share price reflects the growth. So if the company's growing, the share price will grow as well. So that's kind of how you want to think about it. So you want to invest in companies that are growing, which means you want to invest in industries that are growing, all of that. Yeah. Um, And then lastly on Bitcoin. So Bitcoin had a bit of a tough week this week. It's up 150% this year. Wow. So... It kind of makes sense that it took a breather. And this was kind of, it wasn't a lesson that I wanted to teach on Bitcoin. It was more a lesson I wanted to teach on when things do really, really well, there is usually a natural profit taking or people being like, you know what, I've done really well out of this stock, this Bitcoin, and I'm just going to sell some and take some profits. And so when I read this headline, I was like, okay, this is a really good example of why don't get FOMO or don't invest in things just because they're going up because you don't want to be that person that invests in something that's going up and then everyone else decides to sell or take profits. Yeah. And it could go up another 150%, but I think it's kind of looking at the probabilities or looking at the fact that some investors have been in and they've got a 150% return, they're going to be starting to think, okay, this is quite a massive return that I've had in one year. I'm going to start taking profits because mm. I don't want to get greedy. And then so coming in as a new investor, once something's already gone up so much, can be quite risky because there's people that have been in there that are probably going to exit. And I've been burnt so many times by this as well. I'm like, oh no, but it's still got so much growth. And oh my gosh, it's still going to do so well. It's like, yeah, but it's already done so, so well. Whereas I'd rather spend my time finding something that maybe hasn't done as well or is more of a steady grow and not so volatile that you don't get these periods where it's done really well and then people sell. Yeah, it's just it could give you a bit of a headache if you're coming in, investing, and then it drops. So it's just being aware that if something's done really well in a short space of time, then there's probably a lot of investors sitting there going, okay, it's time to take profits. And so if something's gone up 10% and the outlook looks really good, I'd be way more comfortable investing in that than something that's gone up 150% and the outlook looks good. Mm. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, but no, but I think just that whole, the whole curve weekly, I loved it. Nice. I love that I'm in a car in Morocco. I loved that you talked about all the things you talked about. I think I learned a lot and I think a lot of people would have too. Nice. And I also love that you're starting to look at all the headlines and news and stuff and thinking, what's the lesson I want to teach people? Because yeah. that's exactly what the point of this is. So um, yeah, loved it. Um, thanks, Brian. Thank you so much for listening to The Curve Weekly. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with all the money, business, stock market news. And if you like what you heard, we would love a review. Thank you. Yes, we would love a review. But if you did hate it, please don't leave one if you hate it. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, could you please leave a review? Because it really helps other people find our cute little podcast. And we hope you have a good week and see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Sweet. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) See you next Tuesday, I mean Monday.